last is the finishing night on our artwork that's been going through this summer. Have you guys been enjoying that? So if, if you've been involved in that, can you stand up for a second? I just want to thank our artists because they're all, there's one here, one here, one here. Michelle must have decked out. I need to tell on Michelle a little bit, and when you when you see her later, I just want you to um, inundate her with praise because that would make her really uncomfortable. But um, I actually texted her right at the start of the summer and said, "Hey, we're doing this truth talk thing. I'd love if we had an artwork that went on." And within a day, she texted me back this whole like blueprint of an idea that was all like based on um, word pictures around what the word of God is and what it means to us. So she texts me back with a whole idea, and then hours later after that, she texts me back with a whole schedule of artists who were committed to do it through the summer. So I just love that things like this take amazingly creative people to bring it to life. And so it's been super fun. We're going to find a great place for that to hang, but we're also going to make prints and sell them, and the proceeds are going to go towards our new building. So... Okay, so Tom, if you want to come up and get ready, um, we're, we, you, you know by now that we've been doing these truth talks through the summer based on the idea that the um, word of God is a sure foundation. And what? The wise man who builds his house upon the rock. Right. Oh man, I'm about to lose the scripture. So I've said it every single week. But the wise man who builds his house, it's about the idea of building your, your life upon the words and teachings of Jesus so that when the storms and the different things of life come, we are not shaken because we're built on an unshakable foundation. So um, now I'm going to go parental on you one more time. Look at me. Be really honest with you. Speaking in the tent is, is challenging because... Around the peripheral, there's movement, there's a lot of talking, there's things happening everywhere. So it can be really challenging for a speaker to not see movement happening everywhere and get distracted. So look at me. We're going to honor Tom, aren't we? Yeah, we're not going to be distracting. We're not going to give lots of movement. My people who are talking around the outside, you're going to stop, aren't you? Because I can see you. Nod your head at me if you agree. Thank you. Okay, so why don't you stand on your feet and give Tom the welcome that he's due. Thank you. You don't have to be so rigid. You can't move around. I do supervise like 40 children that carry guns all day long, so it's, <laughs> you're okay. You can move a little bit. I'm just going to dive right into it because 10 minutes goes fast. Um, when Carla asked for a life verse, I do have a specific one, but the Lord would not release me from... Uh, just giving that one. So there's three verses that I'm going to try to tie in through my testimony. Some of you have heard it, some of you have not. It's going to be a condensed version, but we're going to get it done. The primary verse that I try to live my life by every day, and this requires an intentional posture by all of us, is Matthew 22, 37 through 40. I read from the Amplified, so this seems different to you. It's all the Word of God, okay? And Jesus, Jesus replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The second verse that we're going to cover tonight is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for in the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. And the last that I'm going to hit on is 2 Peter 3, 1 through 3. It says, Beloved, I am now writing you the second letter. 
In this, as in the first one, I'm stirring up your untainted mind to remind you that you should remember the words spoken in the past about the future by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior given by our apostles, his personally chosen representatives. Okay. Um, so my testimony to tie this together for you. Uh, I knew of God, about who he was, but I didn't know God. I didn't know what he actually represented, how much he loved me, and his promises in my life. I was raised in the church. I had pastors in my family. So I, I knew a lot about Jesus. I just didn't get to know him intimately. And I have found that intimacy is literally our primary call on the face of this planet. If all of us can get that, and we just pursue intimacy with God, everything else will line up. I learned that on the backside, and I'm thankful that the Lord never stopped pursuing me. So here's what that looked like. My wife and I have been together since junior high. Um, so we've just been little babies and came up, so she really knows me, okay? She knows me very well. She knows what makes me upset, what makes me happy, all those kind of things. We started discussing life like any other couple would do, and we decided, gee, you know, what should we do for a living? And Really, for me, it's like, gee, what would still be a job if the economy crashed and I could still have a paycheck? So, I know, I'll go to the police academy. I mean, it was literally that simple. But what I didn't think through is what emotional traumas would come through that and the exchange that would come, to, come through that choice. I remember, I knew about God, but I didn't know God. So when I went into this field, I went into it with an understanding of who I thought Jesus was, but not knowing who he was. So I was unarmed, is what I'm trying to tell you. So I went in, and everything was fine. I mean, I was pressing in. It was so busy, it didn't matter. But over time, I began to not know who I was. I was losing pieces of me through the things I was seeing, the things I was hearing, the things I was reading, and sometimes the things that were happening to me or I had to do. And it was just continuous. It just never stopped. It was always continuing, but I wasn't going and getting refilled up by the Lord Jesus Christ because I didn't have a personal relationship with him the way I needed to. And so my wife, she continued doing exactly what she always did, and she was pursuing God, and she was keeping the house well. But things were just out of balance. If you were to ask her now, she'd say, yeah, it wasn't really that bad. And that's really the grace of God in, its, in itself right there from having intimacy because you don't see the bad that's going on or the difficulties. You see the love uh, that God has for somebody when you're looking at them, especially when you're connected to the vine, because everything you're doing is based out of how you're seeing them through God's eyes. Okay, that intimacy component. I finally reached a breaking point in my life where I was like, gee, you know, it's getting ugly. Uh, so what should I do here? And I was in the bathroom of our house, and I was literally screaming at God. There was nobody else around. Um, but it was at that point where I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know who I was. And so the phone rings for my wife, and I just got back. I have out all night long. It was a rough night. I just I did not want to deal with anybody. I literally was no longer disliking acts. I was disliking people. That's where you know you've really fallen out of balance. Um, and she's like, you know, I, there's this awesome speaker. You need to come down here. And I literally told her I'd rather have my head sewed to the floor than come to church. And in that moment, because I have such a strong love for her, I could tell I took something from her. I mean, I just, you just knew, you know, I took something from her. So I'm like, well, if you come and get me, I'll go. And she did. She came and got me. And I reluctantly went down. Nothing. Next day is Sunday. Every Sunday I went to church religiously. It's just what I did, but I didn't get anything out of it. 
The speaker that was down there, he, he was a prophet. His name's Dan Baker. He's from the California area. Uh, he calls everybody up front, uh, and I'm the only guy sitting in the back. So out of peer pressure, I went up front. And here's where God shook me. This guy comes up to me. I don't know him from Adam, and I'm a suspicious dude. I mean, you're not going to pull the wool over my eyes. And he began to tell me the things that I was screaming at God. And there was nobody else there. It wasn't embarrassing. I wasn't ashamed. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't ashamed. I wasn't embarrassed in front of anybody. It was, it was God. And all of a sudden, I realized what was going on. I know now my heart was so hardened from the cares of life and the cares of the world, the enemy had me. And in that bathroom when I was screaming at God, I was in a tough spot because the reality was, I know now looking back, I was seeing a choice between life and a spiritual death. And I don't even know how to describe that to you other than it feels very ugly. And this guy being faithful to the Lord, my wife pursuing the Lord in intimacy, seeing me through the Lord's eyes and not giving up on me and continuing to pray for me for 12 years before this event. Because of her faithfulness with intimacy with the Lord and her willingness not to give up before due season. Okay, those are the two verses right there. I had an opportunity to get right with the Lord, and I did. After that, things are never the same. I learned quite a bit uh, about intimacy with the Lord. It all hinges there. I couldn't read the Word without getting bored and falling asleep. After encounter, I had so much hunger, I couldn't put it down. And I started to learn a lot about God, and it was abnormal. It was supernatural. And as I was going through it, he started putting things on me, and he really started bringing into me a kingdom key, is what I call it, of remembrance. We have to remember the things that God does in our life and the works that he puts in our life to stay stable. We have to. When we do that, it moves us from a powerless position to a powerful position. It activates kingdom within us. Does that make sense? So what did I do after encounter? Because we had to maintain this, right? And I knew what I was doing before was not working. Absolutely was not working. It, it literally almost killed me and cost me everything. Really? The Lord just schooled me up. You need to spend time in his word every day. This isn't just an every so often thing. This is an everyday thing. I get it. We're busy, right? I'm like, Lord, I used to be tired. It's like, I can't keep doing this. And he's like, go to sleep. But meditate on my word all day long. And what I realized is I sowed the word in my heart. I could meditate on his word. So if I didn't have time to read, I'd meditate on his scripture. Philippians 4.13, through Christ Jesus, I can do all things, right? I just started meditating on his goodness and remembering who he was in my life. And that's what kept me balanced and centered. So no matter what came, I was able to go through it because I was going through it with him and intimacy with him. Prayer, communion with the Lord. It's the simplest level. It's communion with him. Talk to him, but find pauses to be quiet and let him talk back. You'll be surprised what he'll tell you. And as you're going through that, and you're going through that process, this isn't some type of formula, it's just the basics. But if you do these, you will find an intimacy at a level that you have never known. And it will never fail you when a dark time comes. Because they will. Trials and tribulations will follow, is what Jesus says if we're serving them. And one of the biggest things that I learned through that was when I said, yes, Jesus, I'm in. That was the best decision, but the most challenging decision of my life. But applying what I'm outlining for you right now, He's always been faithful. And I always see a new depth and a new level of who he is as I navigate into that. He never fails me. You must pursue intimacy, no matter what you do. 
And in that, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. No vulnerability, no depth and intimacy. That applies in your natural relationship and it absolutely applies with God. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. So I wish I had more time, but I promise you, if you dig into that and you remember and you pursue God, He will show up in due season. Trust His timing. So good. So good. Hey, um, you know, I don't want to miss an opportunity. And in a crowd this size, there's likely to be a couple of people who are like, actually, Tom, that's, that's me. You know, I know about God. I know some things about him, maybe. I, I may say that technically I'm saved, but I, I don't know God, an intimate relationship. And that, that maybe tonight after hearing that, that's a line that you want to cross. And so I never want to miss a chance to invite people either to, to know God for the first time, if you're saying, hey, I've never actually ever crossed that line, or just to say, man, I don't want to know about God. I want to become his friend. And so if, you just, if I can just have you guys close your eyes. We just want to honor people's moment with God. And if that's you right now and you're just saying, hey, um, hey, I, I want to know him. I don't want to just know about him. I want to know God. I want to become a friend of God. And that you feel like that there is a line you want to cross or a commitment you want to make tonight, if you could just put your hand up in the air, just as a step to, into that place. Awesome. Awesome. There's a few of you there. So just after service tonight, um, we're going to have, our, our prayer team will be here, Tom and Tess will be here, up here. If that was you, I saw you put your hand up. I just uh, um, invite you to just make that extra step and come and tell him and let him pray with you. And that would be great. Okay? How about you guys just take a minute. How about you just give, that, give, it, give Tom a hand, but also the people who just made a, a step, a declaration just right there. So good. Okay, well... We're on to our, our last truth talk for the summer season, which is fun. And, and just given what we've got ahead of it, there's nobody better to come and give our last one except for our fearless Mala Roland. So how about you stand to your feet? Welcome her. So my dad posted something kind of funny on his Facebook page this week, and it read this. To my children, never make fun of having to help me with my computer stuff. Remember, I taught you how to use a spoon. Now, how many of you can relate to that, especially if you're probably in, yeah, come on, I'm not the only one, right? So, um, yeah, I am constantly challenged in this area, and my grandkids can attest to this, that they often help me whatever we're doing, whatever I'm doing, to, um, just to get just to get it. Um, and I was thinking this week, so much has happened so quickly in the area of technology. I mean, it's amazing. I was asking Jim last night, when did we get our first computer? He said it was 1995, it was a desk computer, and it was huge. It was huge. So I was like 40 years old before I even had a computer in my home, and that wasn't even really usable. I don't remember ever using it. Um, it's been less than 10 years since I've had a cell phone. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's just 
such a different world these days. So anyway, I'm not here to talk about technology tonight because if I were, I'd be done right now. Okay? <laughs> but I was thinking about that because I was remembering this week about the time that I decided that I was gonna have a Facebook page. It was in 2008. And it was a big decision, right? Because it was kind of like, not everybody did it back then, but I was daring. So I was, you know, filling out my profile like you have to do and filling in all the spaces and being very diligent. And I came to a section that says about me. And there's just a blank box. So I'm kind of a rule follower and stuff like this. So I, I thought I had to fill everything in to actually make the page. So I thought, okay, so about me. And I remember it took just a second, and this is what I typed. I love God, I love people, that about sums it up. And really that's been the pursuit and desire of my heart for years. And it's really a, my paraphrase of the verse I chose for tonight, which by the way, is the same verse that Tom, the verses that Tom chose. Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. So God knows we need this word tonight, right? I just think that's beautiful. Let me just read that to you. So Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus is saying that these are the two greatest commandments. These, these two commandments are like pegs. And everything in God's law and the prophets hang from, from them. So I want to propose to you that these two commands are not independent of each other. I actually believe that if you obey the first one, which is to love the Lord your God with everything you are and have, that enables you to obey the second one, which is to love people. And um, so it's like, it's, it's like they're together, right? It's a both and. Um, first John, if you want to read about God's love, I, just, I love First John. Just read all those chapters in First John. I'm going to just mention a few of the verses from there. In First John 4, 17 to 19, it says, God is love. I mean, think about that. God is love. And when we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. First, we were loved and now we love. He loved us first. He's our source of love. So Jesus has, says a lot about these commands. Again, in 1 John, he says, you can't love God and hate your brother. And you can't love your brother and say you love God. You, it's, you do both. You love God you love other people. The command we have from Christ is blunt. This is 1 John 4, 21. The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. Good news, hard to do, right? Some of the women here at Northgate were in what we call Grow Tribes. We're going through the relationship course um, with Danny Silk. And just recently I was listening to him. He has a lot to say about this. And this is what he says. Over and over, Jesus makes it clear that the greatest thing we could ever do with our lives is to love. What are we supposed to be famous for? Loving other people. What is the testimony that I bring, that I belong to him? My love for other people. This is my job. It's my mission on this planet to love well. 
And you know, it also requires that we be willing to lay our life down, which means it probably won't be easy. And that I might have to sacrifice, I might have to die to myself, I might have to lay my life down, because that's what it's going to take. John 15, 13 from the Passion says this, the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. Sounds like Jesus' love, doesn't it? And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. So it's very clear what Jesus is saying here. He's saying loving people is our mission. Loving people is our mission. It was just over a year ago when our staff went through um, a training with the Matsu Health Foundation. And some of you have probably heard this, but I think it's such a pivotal part in our history that we need to, we need to remember it. Um, and so we had someone come in and, and we, our eyes were just open to the brokenness of the people that are living all around us. And we heard statistics about the high rates of poverty and homelessness and substance abuse and suicide and sexual and emotional abuse. And our hearts were wrecked. They were wrecked. So we got done with that training and then we went into our weekly planning meeting where we talk about what, what's coming up and usually it's a really like jovial and we're just chatting, we have to kind of get on course. Everybody was quiet. We were very sober and we sat around the table because we were so wrecked with what we just heard. And then Pastor Dennis, after a while, he started telling us a few stories that he heard from Haley who at the time was uh, teaching a kindergarten class about some of the challenges some of those children had just from coming from dysfunctional homes, about some of them who had no food at home and, uh, over the weekend and came to school hungry on Monday morning, and it just wrecked our hearts. And um, we sat there, and I think we all just wept. I don't think we got any planning done that day, but I believe we got a heart transplant. We got a heart transplant. The compassionate heart of the Father just, just opened our eyes to like, what are we here for? What are we here for? We're here for people. People who are lost and people who are broken. 1 John 3, 18 says, Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds we know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action. Now our shoe giveaway happens in this very tent in six days. Pray for us. We've got a lot to wrap up and get ready for that, but we're, 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 we're just excited about it. Last year I was overseeing the event, so I was just kind of roaming around and checking all of the different places and make sure it was great. And I popped into this tent, which happens to be where the shoe distribution was going on. And when I walked in, I was struck. Like what, I, what I saw was these stations where these adults were on their knees holding people's feet, sometimes sweaty, dirty feet, and putting shoes, and their, and their faces were smiling and loving. And when I saw, I mean, I was, I was moved. And what I saw was a picture of Jesus kneeling and washing the disciples' feet, just going low, serving people, serving people who would even betray him. And it's just like, I just, I just feel like the Lord say, you did it unto the least of these, you do it unto me. A few weeks ago in the staff meeting, um, Tanner led a song that was new to me. And as I heard the words, 
um, I just sat there and I just, my just, I just had tears in my eyes because it was like I was hearing the cry of my heart that somebody else put into words. And I want to read just a few of those lyrics as I close. I want eyes to see the world you love, a world that goes beyond myself. Awareness of forgotten ones, oh, make my heart aware. Compassion for the ones you made, hope in these uncertain days, willingness to change our ways, oh, help us change our ways. You have said a thousand times that the way we live and save our lives and live our lives, if we have done it unto them, we've done it unto you. Save us from this greedy heart that stores away in bigger barns. Lead us in the way of love. We open wide the door. Our hearts are willing. Our hands are yours. Tracing your footsteps. We'll follow you, Lord. So if you look at my Facebook About Me section today, you'll find those words. They're never going to come off. You know why? Because I have not even begun to, to attain it. I, ha I have so much further to go to really walk in the fullness of loving God and loving other people. But I press on because that's a mission. So my friends, love God and love people because that sums it all up. So good. You know, um, about a year ago, I think, I heard of a church who um, just continually asked themselves the question, would our community know it if we weren't here? And I feel like we've only just started to ask ourselves that question. Yeah. Would our community know it if we weren't here? And I think the shoe giveaway is an amazing thing that we do. I, I don't want it to be the only thing we do. But it is, it is the beginning of ways that we really want to tangibly serve our community. And so, like Marla said, this is the spot that next week we're going to put 2,000 shoes on 2,000 um, I would say I was going to say little feet, but some of those teenage boys, man, size 12, <laughs> it's insane. Um, so we're going to put 2,000 pairs of shoes on little feet and big feet next week. Um, who are all going to be streaming through here as a tangible expression of we want to serve you and love you well. And so we're just going to invite you to pray with us over, over the event, over the expression, over the details, over the people, and over this ground right here yeah. that we are inviting our neighbors and our community to, to come and be served. So could you stand with us? And Father, I just, I thank you that we have a tangible opportunity to love our neighbors. I thank you that love looks like something. And thank you that we are getting invited into the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so we bless this ground that we're standing on right now. Yeah. We bless this ground. We bless this property as we invite the neighborhood in. We bless it with peace. We just speak peace over the thousands of people who are going to come through. We just speak tangible encounters with the love of Jesus in very, very practical ways. We ask for open hearts. We just bless every volunteer to be an expression and an extension of the love of Jesus. And we just ask that what both Tom and Marla shared tonight is going to flow out of every single one of these hearts. But God, we say that it's not going to stop there. God, that it's not going to be about one event once a year. Yeah. But we just ask for 
us to catch that heart of what it looks like to love well. And we just ask that you would encounter every single one of us with how we can be that expression and how we can be those hands and feet. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, ministry team, we're going to invite you up the front. I just encourage you, if you need prayer for anything, um, to get prayer. I, I really encourage you, if, we, if you responded after Tom's message, to follow through and come and get prayer. Otherwise, bless you. Have a great week. And we will see you on Saturday. <laughs>